Oh, g'day there. I'm just popping in before we start today's epic podcast, which by the way, I hope you can stick around for. Uh, but I just wanted to let you know that the doors to the Frequency Shift Mastermind are now open again. Yes, it is that time again. We kick off on April 2nd. And depending on when you're watching this or listening to this, uh, the early bird pricing is now available as well too. It is only available for a limited time. So if you do know that you want to jump in and work together with a group of awesome like-minded humans, bringing their biggest goals, dreams, and vision to life, get some serious shit done, reprogram your subconscious mind for your version of success. Now is definitely the time. So hit the link in the description and that will take you to the page that will give you all the information that you need. And as always, if it does ring your bells and you do sign up, I cannot wait to work with you. And the second thing is I'm about to share an interview that I just did with the beautiful Mary Rodwell. It was an awesome episode. And at the end, I was asking a question that I wish I'd asked in the uh, interview itself. And luckily enough, I hadn't stopped recording yet. So I will pop that in at the end of this interview so you can listen to that as well. So aside from that, thank you so much for being here as always. And now over to this episode. Rock the Ripple. Rock the Ripple. Rock the Ripple. The Rock the Ripple podcast with Narita McInnes. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rock the Ripple podcast. I'm your host, Narita McInnes. It is so awesome to be here with you as always. And today is another very exciting day because I have a very special guest with me. She is recognized internationally as one of Australia's leading researchers and writers in the UFO and contact phenomenon areas, an author of numerous highly acclaimed books, a producer of a number of award-winning documentaries, the founder and principal of ACERN, Australian Close Encounters Resource Network. I'm getting my words muddled. (laughs) She's not only that, she is an incredible counsellor, researcher, hypnotherapist, metaphysical teacher and international speaker. There is, of course, so much more to this incredible woman. Her name is Mary Rodwell. Mary, welcome to the show. Irina, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so grateful to have you here. Now, there is just so much to you. So I think, as you would know at the start of any podcast, for those who may not know you or haven't come across your work before, can you give a bit of a rundown as to who is Mary Rodwell? Well, a pricey is um, the best I can do in the sense that I, you know, was a former nurse midwife who um, got sidetracked into counselling to begin with in a medical practice and and learning the counselling side, which became really very important because I was looking at healing, not from a more proactive um, medical model, but more from a psychological, spiritual model, which is what, you know, the counselling I got into. I came to Australia in 1981, no, 91, sorry, 1991, I'll get it right in a minute, mm-hmm. um, where I carried on with the counselling rather than going back into nursing because I was very committed to looking at health from, a, from a, a different perspective and that really mattered to me. Working in grief and bereavement and all of that was sparking in, interest in a bigger picture, 
you know, the soul journey, if you like, because I'd always been interested in the weird and the wonderful right from a small child. If it was weird and wonderful, I wanted to know about it. You know what I mean? Anything from reincarnation to healing or whatever. So this continued my journey because people in hospice and people who are dying want to know what happens next, this kind of thing, which was my own journey too. How this led me into my um, present work, I often make a joke about the fact that if you'd told me 40 years ago as a nurse, I'd be traveling the world talking about aliens, I'd have probably told you that there's good psychiatric hospitals around. You know, because it was not in my framework whatsoever, although I was very open to all things. um, If somebody told me it was a possibility, I wouldn't dismiss it. But I had no particular focus on that whatsoever until as I'm working in the field of counselling, I worked in um, Perth uh, in centre care, um, pregnancy counselling, all this kind of thing. So I'd done a lot of what I call the human issues that we have in every day that we go to counsellors for. But I got more and more intrigued with things to do with the afterlife, reincarnation. And I had a couple of past life regressions, which intrigued me. So I learned to do hypnosis myself and taking people into past lives, curing phobias, which was really fascinating, giving it real tangibility. But not only, but also finding out more interesting things about who and what a soul is and the possibilities of a soul. But what really got me into the ET side of things was a lovely gentleman who's a dear friend of mine now. I've known him, gosh, 30 years, I think now. And he came to my office and he said, Mary, I've heard you're open-minded. For this, there's no support groups. For this, they just think you're crazy. Mm -hmm. And told me about waking up with shaved areas on his body, um, going up on spacecraft, his partner having experiences, the children having experiences. People didn't want to come to the house because they thought it was demons and what have you. And he said, can you help? Fortunately and synchronously, I always find you're given a hand. A few we- Only a few weeks prior to that, I picked up two books on the weird and the wonderful. One was Dr. John Mack, Abduction, Human Encounters with Aliens. He was a Harvard professor of psychiatry. And that fascinated me because here was a very credible person saying this is real and also the book communion with Whitley Strieber which is a classic with the ET face on the front so there was the experiencer there was the therapist and so I'd been read those but the thing was I thought it was very rare and I never in a million years thought I would ever meet anyone who had these experiences until Ellis walked in the door and from that it opened up a whole new world and it's all his I've said to him many times it's his fault that I've got (laughs) a bit old um as I say he's become a dear friend he's an author himself now talked about his own experiences but what that did was to tell me when he said his whole family was involved this takes it out of hallucinations and schizophrenia and it's all your your imagination because if the whole family is having experiences come on guys mm-hmm. you know this this is a whole new ball game and the fact was he was so credible he was very grounded there was nothing about him that suggested he would be you know there was he had mental health problems whatsoever and you know the difference when you're a counsellor because you're Mm. constantly assessing someone for are they balanced and you know coming from a healthy place psychologically and he was there was no question in my mind so this started the journey three and a half thousand people later and families and children 
Um, I've got more than enough evidence to say this is absolutely real and it's affecting people all over the planet. Doesn't matter their belief system. It doesn't matter what their culture is. Doesn't matter what kind of work they do, because this isn't about belief. This is about experience. Mm -hmm. And there are many people that have come to me that haven't believed in aliens yet are having ET experiences. And that's the problem for them because it wasn't something they believed in. So when they say, oh, well, you've, you're a believer, you're not a believer unless you've actually had the experiences mostly, because um, that's what gives you that belief, because it's your experience. So in, nut, in a nutshell, that was really how I got into this. And as I say, I blame Ellis absolutely for all of it. Yeah, <laughs> bloody Ellis. Who's <laughs> a lovely guy, actually. He's a smashing chap. Yeah, no, I bet he is. I bet he is. And obviously this was the path that you were meant to take and to have worked with uh, over three and a half thousand people who are going, who have had these experiences, you can't, and I've often talked about this on in other episodes with other people, like when you have an experience yourself, it's a knowing and it might sound far out to someone else, but um, like you just pointed out there too, with the fact that with Ellis and his whole family having these experiences, it's it does, it takes it away from that anything that's um, mental health or p putting it on the person, doesn't it? I think that I'm being on the ground. I've Interestingly, after Ellis, within two weeks, another lady walked through the door that was having these experiences. Mm. Uh, with a social worker that was having experiences, we started up in Perth, the very first abduction support group, and 12 people turned up. I mean, this is what I mean, is, and this is supposed to be rare. Mm. And then I realised that a lot of people are having experiences, but they don't actually realise what it is they're experiencing because they've got nothing to test it against. So they just think they're a little bit weird or, you know, there is something wrong with them. Mm. And I've known many people that have believed they, you know, that they've had something psychologically wrong. And in my book awakening, I actually do a case study of a 19 year old girl, Lee, who rang me and said, I think I'm having these experiences. She said, when I was 14, I told the doctor that I was seeing aliens and he told me that I, um, that I had a mental illness and medicated her for schizophrenia. She actually need, tried to take her life a few times because it was the medication was so um, affected her so badly. And she said, and I saw this talk show on television um, from America where people were talking about their experiences. And she said, and I finally realized that actually this was real. And that was how she came to me from watching a talk show of all things. And from that, she went through a whole range of emotions because she was still uncertain about, is this really real or whatever? And I worked with her and, and told her story, but it was a process of realizing that for all those years, she'd been medicated when she shouldn't have been, mm -hmm. that it's because the doctor didn't know I'm through ignorance, obviously. And I, I, and I put this squarely on the truth embargo because we know that the governments know this is real, mm. but that, you know that they've never ever owned up the fact that there are millions of people out there, and I believe there's millions mm. that have these experiences, even if they're not sure or interpret it through a different lens. They may, for example, if you're very religious and you see a light being, you might call it an angel, for example. Mm. Whereas if you're not religious, you'd call it a light being. Mm. So you know, and others, if they see a grey. If they're religious, they may think it's a demon rather than, you know, it's a Zeta or it's a grey being or whatever. So a lot depends on your perspective in terms of your cultural beliefs 
and uh, you know which will influence the way you interpret it and many intuitives you know the ones the clairvoyants the mediums the spiritualists and what have you many of them are fine with angels and fairies and spirit guides but they get very uncomfortable if you talk about you know um, a gray being or a mantis being or any other of these you know lion beings or whatever because to them that's not spiritual <laughs> that's mm. something in fact it's all spiritual and it's all in the same package it's just that it's separated out because we put things in boxes rather than realize it's all part of consciousness mm, absolutely absolutely and do you find as well with your work well I know that you do that you work with a lot of children as well and perhaps the parents uh, may not be aware of this sort of thing but the children are do you find that that sort of brings in another bit of um, trickiness, I suppose, with this sort of thing? Well, that's been one of the things that, you know, parents that have contacted me about their children talking about being taught things on, um, at night, going with with a, a special friend to a, um, a spacecraft and learning things. And these are, you know, three and four and five-year-olds. Mm. And the parents have said, you know, I've never mentioned anything to do with this subject. You know, I never talk about any of this. So for me, it's really quite scary. And what was interesting with one lady was she only found out that she was having experiences when she was exploring something to do with her childhood. And when she was exploring um, this issue on her childhood, she suddenly found herself on a spacecraft completely out of the blue and realizing that she'd had extraterrestrial experiences as well mm. and that was enough for her to try and deal with except for within a few weeks her, her daughter said to me you're not my real mom my, my real mother my mother's up in space and she said what do you mean and she said well you know I go there and she said and the mother said well what does your other mother look like she says I can't show you because you'd be scared mm. and obviously her daughter was having experiences as well if she hadn't had her own awakening if you like you know a few weeks prior to that she wouldn't have known what to make of it but she then realized because we now know that this is an intergenerational link to experiences that if you have experiences often one or both of your parents grandparents may very well be involved even if they didn't know it and one of the clues was always you know I'd say did your grandparents ever mention anything about you know unusual things or talk about unusual things and they may say oh well granddad always talked about ufos or nan was always very psychic and and you know a bit weird or whatever and there you're isolating although they may not have known fully their their part in it consciously um subconsciously there is still that awareness and interest and desire to explore something that on some level resonates with them or whatever so the children, though, are different in the sense that many of the new ones, when I wrote about the new human, I was talking about the new generations of human that are born a lot more awake mm. and a lot aware of their origins. And we'll talk about it quite, you know, coming from other planets, coming with a mission and a purpose, um, talking about some of their abilities from telepathy, able to communicate with animals to, as I say, their mission. Um, they will talk about seeing energy around you. They'll talk about seeing orbs of light or their special friend. Mm -hmm. So that there's um, a whole range of awareness that unless you're a parent that knows about this, you may mm -hmm. think, oh, you know, she's got a great imagination or whatever. Um, but some of the things they talk about are so complex that the parents don't know what to do with it. 
so that often they'll say to me my son is saying this this and this um, and I have a questionnaire for children for that very reason because there's some things the child thinks is normal but the parents don't know about but they're seeing or experiencing something the parents don't even are not even aware of mm, yeah yeah and I remember in one of your other interviews um you were talking about a, a, a young child and I don't know if this is across the board but he or she wasn't speaking uh, because she was using telepathy anyway and then you also linked it perhaps to autism or ADHD or something around that do you want to speak a bit about that because I found that very fascinating well, what has been interesting in the journey of connecting the dots for me, or tr at least trying to understand what's going on from the, the many testimonies and interviews and um, work that I do, is I wondered why many of those that were having experiences, the adults that is, hmm. talked about their children having experiences, but also being labeled ADHD or, or autistic in some way on the spectrum. Asperger's dyslexia or whatever and I kept thinking to myself well what how is that connected because mm -hmm. I know it was going down the um that intergenerational link to the children the children were having experiences so why are they also being given these labels that often mention you know a, a, suggest a dysfunction and it didn't quite make any sense until I realized some very crucial points with ADHD, with autism and, and all of that, they have a different awareness and we see that as abnormal, but actually for them, it's normal. For example, to give you an example of that for ADHD, there's a gentleman in um, Hong Kong, Neil Gold, that told me he had interactions with the light beings. He said, I wasn't until I was 50 that I realized that I would have been labeled as ADHD, he said, because I saw far more of the matrix, far more of the, the our complex multidimensional reality. And he mm -hmm. said, and I didn't understand why I was different or whatever until I realized um, that I was seeing so much more than other people. And he retranslated his ADHD as always dialed into higher dimensions mm. and wrote, wrote Close Encounters of the ADHD kind. And that was a very big clue because I realized that all these so-called labels have certain abilities that are not considered the norm, but actually could very much be related to a higher form of awareness. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we know with ADHD, the only way we can program them or educate them is to dumb them down, basically through medication is the usual option. What we're really doing is we're programming, and I think these intelligences know this, and what they're wanting to do is to stop this transfer of a limited and limiting 3D reality so that they can actually um, manifest their full awareness and not be dumbed down. Mm. And what we do is we dumb down, we say, unless you've got the five senses, that's all you've got. Nothing else is valid, nothing else is real. Forget intuition, forget your knowing, your sensing, your feeling. That's, you know, that's just imagination. Mm. That's the only things that you can actually trust. Well, if that's the program, and many, most of us in the Western world have that programming that you can't trust anything other than these five senses. It's got to be real. It's got to be 3D. What they're really doing is telling us to dismiss our multidimensional selves and dismiss all that knowing, that sensing, that feeling, that intuition, that gut feeling, all those kinds of things that we know can be 100% accurate. Mm. 
but we don't trust them because we think, oh, maybe I'm just imagining it. Or, you know, the, the, and that's programming. And it's coming from our education, our science, our religion, all those different things that put us in the box. So if you've got an awareness is, uh, that's on a higher frequency, like ADHD, the only way you can program that is to shut it down mm. so that then they can be programmed into the system. Yeah. which is the limited and limiting 3D reality. And that's why, you know, the, the medication works because it lowers that th their threshold so they can be programmed. And if you, you know, carry that forward with everything else, it's all about us fitting into a certain 3D box. Whereas these new generations of human, they're coming in from a multidimensional angle and they don't fit into that box. And so they're considered as dysfunctional. In the book, The New Human, where I talk about some of their stories, as well as what do you do? How do you help someone with ADHD balance? And um, Dr. Lena Olson, a molecular biologist who's had this label and others, has found that if you give them more certain minerals and vitamins like choline and what have you, you can stabilize the person who has ADHD and you don't have to look at medication. So it's not just talking about a new perspective on this but how do you manage it so it's healthy and in, in line with a more holistic, holistic approach and what's fascinating for me even though i know the box uh, my book was a bit out out there for a lot of people i've had clinical psychologists educators as well as parents contact me because they've resonated to that kind of information because many of them know there's something more going on here and we're missing we're missing everything. It's like the autistic girl. I, I quote this many times. One of the autistic girls was asked, why do you never look anyone in the eye? And she was asked, you know, you, you always look down or you look away. And she said, because I see 10,000 images in one go if I look at you in the eye. So what is this autistic child actually? What is their reality? How do they understand their reality? How do they operate? And this is what I think has been missing is we've not gone into, we're just saying, oh, they're dysfunctional. They can't fit into the 3D box. So we need to just make sure they do one way or another. And so we try and fit that person in. But these, these many of them are telepathic. Mm -hmm. I remember one mother telling me that her daughter, as a, from a baby, was telepathic um, and tuned into everyone around her. And she said she's now three years old. And she said it's getting very tiring keeping my thoughts away from my daughter, especially when I'm feeling a bit negative one day, <laughs> you know? So what they're doing is forcing us to come from a higher perspective and to clean up our thoughts and our mm -hmm. thinking and keep them positive and loving and caring, because that's the only way we're getting to a higher frequency of, of consciousness is to actually start looking at the way, not only way we behave, but with the way we think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that you said that because when we do, when we consciously, we consciously create and it's our thoughts that start it. And so having these um, children that are able to do that and to be able to tap into that, I mean, I guess their sort of, their, their dimensions are more open, their multidimensionality, I can't speak, but you know what I mean? Um, it, it's like their lens is just so much bigger than what we've got and the frequencies that they're tapping into is that sort of what you feel that they're just able to see and feel more than um, that some of us are I mean I feel like they're also here to help us raise in our frequency as well too what do you think about that 
Oh, there's no doubt when you mm. talk to them um, and even the parents are surprised at what they come out with because I, you know, I've got a, an adult questionnaire, but I've got one for children where it says, do you see balls of light? Do you see colours around um, people, for example? Do you, do you see beings or do you see presence, presences or do you feel energy, for example? You know, do you feel that you're not from here? All these kinds of questions that the parents won't even think of asking, but the child, it's, well, this is my norm. Mm. until some, you know and don't even think to mention it because they think everybody's the same so that you know the parents say oh, I didn't know my daughter was doing this I I remember one very aware lady with a daughter of eight who said that she was a hybrid and the mother asked her about and these were things that the mother hadn't realized she said she's part she comes from a water planet and she's part water being part human and she said when she looks in the mirror she's actually seeing a water being self wow she explained with her awareness what she could pick up on. And she said, with music, I not only hear the music, I go on the frequency of that music to where the person, you know, actually created the music and their emotions and their feelings that went with the music. So she's taken it to a whole new level. And the mother had no idea that this is what her daughter was able to do because parents don't often know the questions to even ask because it may not be part of their reality. Another little girl talked about colours coming out of her mother's mouth with different emotions. Mm -hmm. So she was picking up on the frequency of those emotions that were coming out from her mother's mouth. Now, it's not something you think to ask a child, is it? Yeah. You know, because <laughs> you, know, you expect they're seeing the same reality as you, but they may in fact be seeing a far broader, complex reality. And I remember one eight-year-old who came to this office actually telling me that he communicates with animals and his mission on this planet is to help people understand and be respectful of animals as you connect with them, even if you don't understand, you know, have the communication that he had, for example. So these are things that, again, the parents don't are um, blown away when the child comes out with something like that and they don't know what to do with it. Mm. They'll say, you know, what do I do? You know, how do I manage this? And I'm saying, well, the primary thing is to be open to listening and it's important just because it's not your experience doesn't mean it's not valid mm. because the child with many of them are I remember a, a little video of a, a six-year-old holding a meteorite and it's, he's telling his mum what the meteorite is saying to him and he's explaining the meteorite said where it landed how it come to be with him and she's well how how do you know what it's saying he says it's all in my mind it comes mm. into my mind so we've got to be open to understanding that we're still only seeing a very limited um, perspective when it comes to reality. I mean, our, our eyes only see a very small uh, visual spectrum. A lot of these children have enhanced sight, so they see more of the visual spectrum, more sensitivity to touch, more sensitivity to hearing, um, and also emotions. Mm -hmm. often five times the norm that's just the physical that's without their awareness of as one um young man of 10 i think it was um he he was explaining he comes from a planet he's blue um and he said he's come to this planet it's first his first incarnation his mum he said he picked because she had many incarnations on this planet and also explained that he was a center seed which meant he connects to the center of the planet. He's going to help with the pollution on this planet. That's part of his mission. That's part of his role to play. So that, you know, when you give them the chance to explain how they understand things and listen openly without the judgment of, well, that's something I don't understand. Mm. 
then you, you find out just what really is going on in your child's mind and the reason many of them don't fit into standard schools because they're different and they um, often are bullied because they're different because they're highly sensitive mm -hmm. as well and that's another issue many parents have is you know my, my child's not managing school he, he or she gets really bullied because they're very sensitive they may very well be healers and empaths and they're picking up on everybody's emotions the average child doesn't doesn't know that other than they are a bit strange or a bit different and that's often why you know children are the way they are if it's strange and different they don't like it or they'll you know make a fuss about it or whatever so often they really struggle in school as well yeah absolutely absolutely and it'll be so hard for them to navigate that um, coming in at this time and you also spoke about children remembering you know their past lives or their, their mothers and things like that I'm, I've got a dear friend who um uh, his son one her son sorry once said to her um you know why I picked you mom because you had a beautiful smile like and just could remember these things and you know for her it was a little bit far out but at the same time she was open enough to hear the conversation and you know I I think that's just perfect I mean um, if we can just be open and listen and hear and just because we haven't heard of something before um you know just receive what's there and then sort of take the next steps and obviously connect with someone like you if it's um, pretty far out. But, you know, um, being able to really respect and honour the children uh, that are coming through and with these gifts and abilities, um, because I really do feel that they are uh, our, going to be or are already our biggest teachers, aren't they? Well, this is, you know, the big thing is how do I help the mm. child that 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 is that aware and it really is just primarily honoring their experience and how they talk about it you know often the skeptic will say how do you know they're not making it up and all the rest of it and a parent you know a mother knows very well when a child is making something up mm. or whether it's coming from an integral awareness or an understanding and I and I and the other thing is that most of them will say they've never mentioned any of these kinds of topics at all to the child and you don't get this kind of material you know um on in any kind of cartoon or whatever where they would pick it up and what have you i always remember um many years ago one of the anecdotes was a young boy who his mother was showing him pictures of the pyramids and you know the sleighs hauling the big stones up and what have you and he got very agitated and very cross and he said to her that's not what happened that's not true because I was there. And he said, and they changed the density structure of objects, large and small, and levitated them into place. Mm. Now, there you have it. <laughs> you know, this is a five-year-old, um, not only tapping into a past life, but actually saying how it happened, mm. for example. I mean, what do you do with that? Mm. Other than say, this is a, a truth, and maybe it would be helpful to at least be open to it. I mean, whether or not you struggle to believe that, I mean, there's lots of things initially I think I struggle to believe to start with when I realised how little I know mm. about the true nature of reality. And the more you know, the less you know. It's like, you know, it's like, and you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So, you know, um, all I can say now is I can't say anything is not um, perhaps true. It's just that I've not come across it. And if I get something that challenges me, and I'll say that to all your listeners, if you get something that challenges you, 
don't dismiss it, but put it in a little box and wait till it, some more information comes and either verifies it or not. Because there have been things that I would have struggled with, you know, 20, 20, 30 years ago that now are not a problem. You can take, you know, I can go into par parallel lives or parallel realities, timelines, vortexes, portals, or you name it, and it's not a problem. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, clones, yeah, right, okay, not a problem. You know what I mean? It's sort of, but it's taken a long time to slowly allow that expansion of understanding that we just know so little about what is the truth and we are also educated into a very inaccurate reality which is what we're taught to believe is the only reality so it's a matter of just feeling the resonance more than anything if that in some way does resonate there's a reason for that and that's why we have that feeling inside ourselves sometimes we can't qualify it it's like your own experiences sometimes you think well did that really happen was it real but there's a knowing with that there's a sense it's right listen to that because that's part of you tapping into the the truth and that's what we we give our um our power away a lot of the time because we'd rather believe someone with a piece of paper that says i'm clever yeah. rather than do you know what i mean <laughs> i'm obviously more clever than you you know <laughs> phd in some whatever and i know more than you and we give our power away to so many of the so-called experts even spiritual gurus were without really our own self is our own guru and we have to start listening to that i believe because that's the ultimate guru is yourself mm, yeah could not agree more with that absolutely love that you said that we everything begins within doesn't it and that's that's where we start when we learn to trust ourselves more and rely on ourselves more and like you said not look out outside for the person with the piece of paper but learn from ourselves and i love what you said as well too like if something sounds a bit out there don't dismiss it. Just put it in that box and let more information come in because I totally agree. Sometimes things do, you think far out, that's okay, that's a new one for me. I'm going to have to park that. Wait yeah. till I get a bit more information about that to see how I feel about that thing. But again, like you said as well too, the more we know, the more we realize we don't know. And if we can be open to the fact that there's so much we don't know, then we allow ourselves to get more information to come in and then I guess trust the timing as well for things to come in because uh, like you said before too like things will come in at the right time things will come in when they need to uh, and then you can do with it uh, what you need to do with it then I think you also said that in another interview too you talked about how you know a lot of us might come here with a mission or a vision or a purpose and we might not know it yet but when we have to trust that our soul will ignite that when we have that switched on to do that thing do you want to talk a bit more about that actually that's that was pretty cool this I get many beautiful souls that come to me and many of them are very aware very switched on and very much in tune with things and they'll say to me I just want to find out what my main mission is you know because I I, I don't know whether I'm you know if I'm doing the right things or whatever and and some will come and say I just knew I had to come and see you but I've got no idea why I'm here you know and I'm saying it's one of those is it you know I've got to do the the mystery mystery thing and it tickles me when they, they say that. And I'd say, well, you're already on your mission for starters. Mm. And I said, um, because you, your soul isn't going to let you miss the bus. 
ultimately when the time comes you will it will expand and open up for you but it's all about timing um and and what i mean by that is that we have different paths that we're treading we've got the soul doing its own mission about great gaining greater understanding but also perhaps having a purpose to help this planet and help humanity um grow and achieve a higher consciousness or whatever and although you may feel that you're doing not very much, you don't know what you're doing on other levels. For example, you may very well every night be going out and doing a lot of spiritual work on those other realms. And I'll say, and if you're waking up exhausted, that's probably because you've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many people say, but I woke up, I had a 12 hour sleep and I still woke up, you know, absolutely knackered. And I'm saying, yeah, because you were probably off somewhere, you know, um, helping out on various levels. So it's not just about the doing mm. and actually sometimes just the being who you are with the frequency that you have. That is actually assisting others because we are sharing those frequencies wherever we go and by the very language that we use. And many people are having what I call the downloads mm. from those other realms, whether or not it's star language, whether or not it's symbols and scripts whether or not it's music, whether or not it's artwork, all of those are frequencies that are coming to the planet to assist with the activation of the numerous types of humans that are coming into this planet that are waking up. And my understanding is that we have souls coming from all over the galaxies, the multiverse, both this dimension and other dimensions. And when people say, well, what is it that the different types of beings that we're talking about here we're not just talking about physical extraterrestrials here we're talking about interdimensionals extra dimensionals transdimensional transdimensionals and beings from our future and probably more that i don't know about mm. so we're talking about all these different um frequencies of intelligences and a lot of the ones that have volunteered to come to this planet to help will come not only from this particular reality, but other dimensions as well. As one 10-year-old said, he came through a portal in the sun. Mm. That was his understanding. Another artist I, I wrote about in my book, The New Human, said that he came from another dimension. And his artwork was meant to trigger awareness um, by just merely viewing it. It had a frequency that would actually trigger more openness to the, the, the greater reality, for example. Some of the music that is being tuned into by our musicians that are experiences of bringing in the frequencies through their music that is activating. And I'm sure many of you have listened to certain certain music and all the hairs stand up on your shoulder where another bit of music has absolutely no effect on you. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? It's because you're resonating to a certain frequency in that. And what I love when I talk about the new kids is when we look at these talent shows that are on telly, um, there's, you know, they have all these different talent shows where you've got this 10 year old or 11 year old singing like a mature 30 year old. And you're thinking, how can they possibly bring in that that kind of volume and that that kind of incredible voice at 10 or 11? They're the star seeds. They're coming in and that's their frequency. They're bringing it to you. And that's why you get, you know, all your all your hairs stand up on your arms and you buzz and what have you. It's because you're resonating to that frequency and that's their job. Mm. So it's coming in, in all these activation codes and what have you are coming in in the frequencies of people that have been souls that have incarnated into human form from other places in other galaxies and other dimensions. Plus 
the uh, uh, the fact that we're sharing it with one another by by being truthful with ourselves mm. and this is the big one that many struggle with because they've had to fit in and play mm. the game and it's now the time of real disclosure is disclosure of being honest about who you are and what you are because so many say i don't meet anyone like me you know i'm here i feel so isolated i feel so alone i can't talk about it because nobody believes me or thinks i'm crazy or whatever and one of the questions i ask them is have you accepted it in yourself mm. and they will say mm, not sure and i said when you fully accept you then you'll find you'll suddenly meet up with all these people that are on the same frequency as you but while you're still in conflict about what's going on for you and whatever and afraid of it or whatever i said you're not giving out the frequency that will bring the tribe mm. your own star tribe to you yeah oh my gosh i love that you said that mary i just love that you said that because that is true on all levels all levels uh we you know when we accept ourselves whether we have connection that we feel with star family or not but when we know who we are and we stand in our power and we love who we are we do we attract the right people into our sphere don't we because we're resonating at the truth frequency of us you know yeah and we and I often say too like to your point about um, emanating frequencies and just being like you said you might be busy in the uh, in the astral realm doing stuff at night but also when you know you're going to the supermarket and you're walking down the aisles like you your frequency you don't know who you're hitting and how far that ripple is spreading, do you? That's right. We all think it's got to be something magnificent that we've got to be doing, you know, um, healing all these people or um, informing all these other people. That will be perhaps part of the the mandate down the track because mm-hmm. when people wake up, they're going to need people that are, have assimilated this, that are comfortable with it, that can help them through the journey. But at the moment, we're still in a crossroads of, you know, many people not quite there yet, not quite waking up to their true origin and who they are. So we're on, we, we have to go with the flow of what is right now and be in the moment because we don't know when it'll all change. And there's certainly evidence that it's going to happen and it's going to happen very fast. Mm. Then the your awareness is going to be and your mission is going to become even more obvious to you. But in the meantime, we're holding the space. That's the job. We're holding the space for this to happen. Mm. And how, I mean, what's your sense? Because, I mean, of course we don't know for sure, um, but how long do you think we've got? Like, will we see in our lifetimes the the big wave that just, I mean, I know it's sped up so much. It's sped up so much in this last few years especially, but what do you see happening around that? Well, there's a couple of things, really, when people say, you know, oh, yes, well, we, we ne- there's these new waves of children, whether you call them indigos, crystals, rainbow children, children of light, they've all got different energies and different missions and what have you. And, you know, when's this all going to happen? There's a real sense from many, many of those that are tapping into that, that it's sooner rather than later, mm. that there's something going to happen. It's It's more imminent than maybe we realise. Um, and there's a sense of anticipation as well as anxiety. Um, it's sort of a mix of both, you know, excitement or whatever. When people say to me, well, is it going to happen in our lifetime? Well, I don't think, 
given all of those that are coming in right now and have been coming in probably for the last hundred years in in more and more numbers and whatever I can't see that that's not going to happen in our lifetime mm. because there's too many now coming in with this awareness and what have you and on a personal note I would be very pissed off <laughs> if just doing all of this and I don't see the you know the finale I am going and and I know that if they'd said to me, Mary, before you go, oh, by the way, you're not going to be there for the, the final thing. You know, you're just going to do your job. And I'd be saying, no, nah, not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> not what you promised me. I'm going to see the cavalry. So, um, you know, for me, that's my own personal thing. But the reality is, without doubt, I am getting more and more numbers of people waking up from all ages mm. that are wanting to know more about their journey, their soul journey, their connection to these beings, why they've had these experiences all their lives. And they might be 60 when they start questioning. They might even be 70 or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, why are they wanting to know now? Why is everyone wanting to know about their experiences now? Why am I so busy, you know, helping them connect the dots? It's because it's important, because it's now very present. Otherwise, they would not be bothered to find out. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes their experience might be when they're, they're five or, or 11 and they might be 60 before they say, oh, I, I've got to find out now. Mm -hmm. So why now? So to, I think it's all about timing and the timing seems to be very crucial in terms of this wake up call. And some had it in 2012. Some of them had it over this whole COVID thing that's been going on and another activation or whatever. So I think there's something very imminent and everybody's feeling it. Mm, absolutely absolutely and I'm so with you I'd be pretty pissed too <laughs> we're gonna see the show Mary we are gonna see this oh show. look <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't have bothered I'd say no find some other one to do it because I'm I'm Aries and I'm very impatient everything should have happened yesterday anyway yes so. <laughs> <laughs> oh that is awesome that is awesome what are you what are you finding most exciting in your work right now what what's the what's the thing that you're um, sinking your teeth into most or just really loving? I think what uh, I'm finding now more and more is that the more um, those that have a lot more of their con a memory of their contact from what different types of intelligences they're working with, understanding their role on this planet, understanding who they really are, but also the often a past life connection, which I've been mm. found more and more fascinating is to say that many of them have come in prior to this in um, a different era where they somehow or other hadn't managed to achieve what they wanted to achieve. So they've reincarnated now. And there's many stories like that, that they've been prevented from doing what they should have been doing or should uh, have achieved. It's like it's a culmination of this is the time now we're going to do it. This is and that's very um, ex exciting. And one of the stories is about the many arcs that are around that are, are around the planet. And I don't know whether your listenership know about that, but I talked about the past life connection where there seems to be these huge craft buried mm -hmm. all over the planet um, that are sentient that are now being activated by consciousness. And they are part of, I think, maybe this event that's going to occur. And we've got them in Australia. We've got them, obviously, in there's um, one apparently in, in Mount Fuji in Japan. There's um, Bermuda Triangle, Romania, Ukraine. There's a lot of places around Egypt. 
um, Iraq, lots of places where these, and my investigation is into what is that? What do we know about it? And there's been whistleblowers, but my own personal story around that was a young woman who had been on a craft with her friends, recognizing them, thought it was a dream. The next day they all rang her up and said, we had this dream, we were on a spaceship together. So they remembered that and it realized it wasn't a dream. But when we did the regression, she went back to Atlantis where they were all light workers and they had a mission that failed and they've come this time to actually complete the mission. And then I find out that she knows about the arcs, the special um, plants that are gonna be brought to humanity for healing and what have you, new technologies. This is what's exciting is what our future is because our future is so different to the dark one we're being shown. So we're going to have healing technologies made available. We're going to have a real understanding of you know things like free energy, the whole way that we operate is going to be different. And that's what excites me is the future for ourselves, but primarily for our children and grandchildren. It is not going to be the future that is you know, put out there. It's going to be a completely different one. And that's what excites me because that's what, why I'm here, mm. I believe. Mm, absolutely. When you're saying that, I can so feel that. I can I feel mm. it so much. And it gets me thinking about the powers that were and, uh, you know, because we are creator beings and we are um, able to manifest and all that sort of stuff, you know, you just see, you can see all the fear and the things that have been trying to be played going on. And yeah. it's just, it's almost, almost laughable, isn't it? Because it's just, the game is just, it's so one, but um, we're still in that process, aren't we? Yeah. Mm. I, I think the most important thing that people need to realize, I think more than anything is, this is us learning about making choices from the heart of what we want for our future and not letting all this other data out there that's trying to play on your fears all the time. And it's, it's about us transcending our fears and transcending ego to get to a point where we are all one with each other and we're all part of each other. And once we realize that, then none of that can manifest. Mm. Yeah, it's so exciting, isn't it? <laughs> it's just such an exciting time. Um, I, I feel like people might say, can you tell me a bit more about the arcs? Are they cloaked at the moment or are people seeing them? Like for people who might be listening, they might just want to know a little bit more about that. Well, I, I did a presentation for Portal to Ascension um, around the arcs and the past life. What it was that told me about the arcs was when doing the regression, the lady then talked about seeing these arcs. And I knew nothing about them until um, my, Dr. Michael Sala was interviewing a whistleblower, a military whistleblower, JB, who actually has been on the arcs. And apparently they've been there for many millennia. Mm. And they are higher technology. They are sentient, the crafts themselves are sentient. They will only allow in the right consciousness to go in there. Mm. There are pilots being, um, this was from a remote viewer that was part of this lady's group as well, that saw it as well as she did. There are um, pilots being grown to manage the craft. So it's happening now. Mm. And there are huge beings um, in stasis to obviously be part of whatever happens. These are all being activated through consciousness and they've been there for millennia waiting for us to reach a certain stage in awareness. Mm. And 
there's a lot more to this because I discovered then that were um, there were places all around the planet where these this technology was there waiting for the right time, which is when we're ready as as a conscious species mm. to use it. I you know with with the right energies, if you like, and the the right motivation. And this is what is so exciting is that they are all over the planet waiting for that shift. And what's interesting is that there's a lot of different information about one place in Romania where there's a sphinx and underneath the, the sphinx, they found this huge cavern that you could only enter if you had the right consciousness, which had all this higher technology from the, from our ancient past. And underneath it is a huge pyramid bigger than the pyramid of Giza and a craft underneath that wow. with these beings in. That's just the one in Romania. And there's a book called Transylvania Sunrise by Peter Moon that tells you about, there's about eight books now, but there's also being one in, again, in Egypt, um, Iraq. That's why they went into Iraq, by the way, in 2003, mm. was of mass destruction. Actually, it was because Saddam Hussein actually had awareness of one of these technologies. And that's why the Baghdad Museum was raided, by mm. the way. Anyone can look into that. It's because yeah. they were looking for the ancient technology because the military obviously know about it. So there's a lot more of the conspiratorial side in there. But what it seems to be is that these arcs were placed there for the time when humanity was ready. When mm. we are um, awaking up to utilize this in the right manner mm. for humanity. Yeah. I it makes perfect sense because we're such powerful beings and we need to come from the right intent when we're yeah. doing it because that is what we create we manifest that's so we have to come from that right place so knowing that with our consciousness and and that just resonates so much because yeah and I just oh my gosh I could pick your brain all day long Mary because the stories that you would have heard and the experiences that you would have felt through other people is just phenomenal just phenomenal and I know I'm mindful of the time as well so um, is there anything else on your heart that you would love to share before we start to wrap up well I'd just like to say to people that are still a little bit afraid of what's going on with themselves and many people are fearful about their experience afraid to look into it or whatever that actually there's a part of you that needs to know if you want to connect the dots and it may not be anything that you feared at all it may just give you more understanding of who you are what you are and why you're here so don't be afraid to explore what whatever it is that's maybe happened that you haven't had greater understanding because it may be exactly what you need as many of those that come to me quite fearful sometimes of what they're going to find out and they end up going out floating on a cloud because they finally understood who and what they are and that this is all okay mm. you know so trust yourself and when it's time follow follow your heart mm, I love that I love that Mary thank you so much for being on today how can people find you get your books um, connect with you all that sort of stuff and perhaps experiences make appointments with you well, I'm on, obviously, you just need to go onto Google or Safari or whatever and Google my name or whatever, but um, au is my website, maryroddle.com, all of those as well. I'm on Facebook, so you can message me there. I'm on Telegram as well. Books, if you're in Australia, I can actually send you direct and sign them for you. So if you're Australia or New Zealand, anywhere else, it's too expensive, so you're going to have to go through a different outlet 
it just makes it too expensive for you. Yeah. But other than that, um, uh, yeah, you can email me, get the questionnaire. And, you know, um, if you want to explore your experiences through hypnosis or open yourself up to your more multidimensional self, I can give you tools to help you do that as well. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Mary, for being on today. And I also want to thank you at home. Thank you so much for tuning in today and being part of this conversation with Mary and I. I hope you have loved it as much as I have. And I hope Mary has as well, too. Um, as always, if you like this video, this episode, please give it a thumbs up, like, leave a comment, give it a rating if you're listening on the podcast. I always appreciate hearing from you and so grateful that you're here. But again, Mary, just thank you so, so much for your time today and sharing your wisdom and your insights with us all. I so appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me. There was one thing I wish I'd asked you. Um, you said, and it was in the Journey to Truth um, one I re-listened to just recently. I had them on the show last week and they're just awesome. Um, and you were talking about how, yeah, you you went into a crowd, uh, you're speaking at an event and your energy was being felt um you had an experience I can't, um you yes. know what I'm talking about yeah <laughs> yeah well one of the things that I, I you know I have a chat with my team mm. and they were saying you know Mary because I oh, that's right I started out saying look I get all these images of scripts language and an artwork and what have you and I can only show a minute amount of them to the public in presentations you know I, I haven't got um, the hours that I would need to to present all of them so what am I supposed to do with them you know um, how can I it seems a waste that I can't you know give people more and more of that and they said but everything that you view Mary everything that you're sent is basically on your energetic hard drive mm. and whenever you go anywhere people will pick up that information from you including what the way your frequency of your voice I mean I was saying oh that sounds a bit sort of far-fetched to me you know because I'm <laughs> I give them a hard time always they got to prove it to me I said you're gonna have to prove that one for me to believe it you know and it was proved within a space of a week really because I was speaking at a, a, a conscious living com, um, expo in Perth and I was on a panel mm. I, I was actually sitting relatively quietly somebody was speaking and a woman stood up who actually I know and mm. she stood up and said Mary I've got to say this she said, you're sitting there and you're not really saying very much at the moment, but you're beaming out all these frequencies to the audience. And I just, I was gobsmacked. It was like, so, okay, I get it now. I get it. But what I realized was that we all do that. Mm. Every one of us that has got those frequencies that are seeing and opening up to um, the, the multiverse and what have you, wherever we go, we're carrying them with us. Mm. All the, you know, we've all got those hard drives those energetic hard drives that are when somebody's ready to be awakened we're activating without even realizing wherever we go we're, do, we're doing that and that's really what they were saying is it's not unique to me mm. but it's actually part of what we're all doing as we come in and we open up um but that was my proof mm. because they know i if they give me something a bit outrageous or i think it's outrageous at the time oh come on give us a break you know yeah prove it yeah and they was doing yeah oh that's phenomenal that's phenomenal i was still recording so maybe i can just tag that bit on the end 